You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gapastone. From the beautiful city of Park City, Utah, the beautiful state of Utah with its snow-covered mountains, this is episode 33 and I'm by myself today. My wife is uh, in California, so this is going to come out um, after she's suffered through a week <laughs> solo parenting. So you can uh, do retroactive prayer for her her, her suffering, <laughs> her post-traumatic go. stress disorder that she might have for having three kids without me. Uh, it's tough. But I've got uh, a friend on the podcast that I have so much to be thankful for because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be in Park City right now. He's letting me stay at his awesome house right near Sundance Film Festival. And so uh, this is my second time staying here. Lamont White is on the podcast today. Welcome, Lamont. Thanks, buddy. How you doing? (laughs) Now, Lamont and I uh, connected a couple years ago, and uh, then we just kind of hit it off and stayed connected. He was in San Francisco one day. Uh, I had... This is the power of social media, too. I had posted, I'm in San Francisco, you know, some random picture, and he happened to be in San Francisco at the same time, you know, and then text me, and then we met up, and so we've just been having this ongoing conversation about life, the sacred, and strangeness. He, uh, you probably heard, if you listened to episodes like one through ten, I promoted his uh, company, Cumbre, because it was one of my favorite hats ever that he gave me swag for, Cumbre hats. <laughs> But he actually has this really unique story that if you've ever seen the film Three Identical Strangers about these three triplet dudes who were separated at birth and then found each other, he has a similar story that I'm going to have him tell. But before we get to that juicy stuff, (laughs) give us a little background, a little bio, like who you are, what you're about. You got a wife and two daughters. You do creative work here in Park City. Yeah, so wife, two daughters. Uh, we're empty nesters now. Um, you launched those babies. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, they've been in and out a few times, our daughters. But we think, uh, well, like, at least for now, we're gone for good. Yeah. We don't, we think they are. But yeah. listen, there's always a room. Uh-huh. But, well, I'm uh, taking it right now, daughter. So I just thank you so much for that. <laughs> no, and there's another one. So okay, good, we've good. Got, uh, but um, yeah, so... We've, geez, we got married pretty young, 22. Both of us were 22, so okay. we didn't know what that group uh-huh. you know Who I mean? does, though? But it was like, know? you know, when you're ready, like, oh, yeah. gosh, we've married like a long time. So, yeah, two daughters. We live in Park City. Um, we do creative, we're in a creative business, various types of creative work, and we can live where we want to live. We're here because um my wife has family here she grew up in bolivia but long story short she and her brothers and cousins all came to college in utah all from bolivia Mm -hmm. but all came to college in utah various universities um university utah utah state weber state all these different ones and um we met in new york city in college you sometimes have a little New York accent sometimes that comes through. A little yeah, bit. Daughter, yeah. Daughters. So, I hear a little daughters, bit. Daughters, <laughs> coffee, call me, you know, kind uh-huh. of, it's like, I don't, it is stuck. You know, it's stuck. <laughs> it's in there. Um, so we're, we're raising our kids in North Jersey. I'm working in New York. Just that whole sort of like Bergen County, Hudson County, New Jersey, almost like they're just suburbs of, of New York City. Um, and... Uh, I remember one year, we said, you know, let's go visit the family in Utah. There's still a few cousins there. Um, 
her brother was visiting. I think he was he was probably living overseas, but he was going to visit at the time. So in 2000, we visited here, and I skied a little bit at that time. But we did we did Southern Utah, Salt Lake City, and then we came up to Park City one day, and I was at the base of uh, one of the mountains here, and I was like, "Okay, this is ridiculous." I'm coming back you next year. It. I'm bringing friends. Like, yeah. this is amazing. I love Even this. with, I mean, right now it's beautiful. I am thanking God for the weather this week. Right. Because the past two years, I mean, the first year I yeah. stayed with you. Remember my yeah. car? I got stuck. Uh, I had to, like, walk a mile <laughs> at midnight or one in the morning. Oh I, I, like, was, like, sliding into your your snowbank in the driveway. It was yeah. crazy stormy. Yeah. I can't, I couldn't live like that. That's too much. Like, even visiting it was yeah. too much. Yeah, and we've we've got some snow, sort of like snow episodes here that can be pretty intense. Uh, but this year is pretty bad. Um, but most years aren't. I'm cracking up that crazy. I... But we had a plow come yesterday, like a yeah. real construction. Like your street's not clean enough. We got to bring in the heavy equipment and push stuff aside. So they literally like broke my uh, neighbor's yeah, garden dude. out and bottom of her pine tree. So it's a little, which messy. sounds anyway. nice to have that at first, but then you're going, what well, they're taking down trees and mailboxes. It's a little <laughs> bit not... nuts. It's a little yeah. bit nuts. So uh, anyway, but you shoveled a nice little pathway, by the way, for the I door did. that like went up to my neck, basically. Like I, the snow. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> because, uh, well, because I'm traveling in a couple of days, Janine was like, are you going to have that pathway back? I'm like, are you kidding me? The freaking snow is, look at it. It's it's five, six feet high. It's nice to take pictures and Insta story. So I, I, I thank you for um, for making that happen. It's yeah, very yeah. Instagram. Thanks, Janine. <laughs> Janine's the Bolivian wife you referred to earlier. All right. So, so Lamont, you've got this uh, interesting story. Uh, you were adopted. I was. So let's talk about that and uh, how that was and how you, your identity was sort of shaped by, you know, being in the family, the, the family that gotcha, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and then how you found your biological brother and then biological mother. Okay. Oh gosh. Which is pretty sacred and strange. It is. It is sacred and strange. Those mm-hmm. are good words uh-huh. for it. It's, 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 uh, definitely both of those. Um, I guess what well, we're referencing, you mentioned college, um, that was the age when I was able to sort of legally um, search, you know, being 18 years old, just sort of look. And I always wondered, mm-hmm. you know, I always knew I was adopted. I was raised by a loving family, you know. In New York, uh, right? Uh, New York first and then New Jersey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were in Queens and then we moved to uh, Central Jersey where I, you know, went through high school and then back to New York for college. But... Um, in those years, in college years, I was sort of, I was back in New York, sort of on my own, you know, the city was my campus, and I could just sort of, uh, you know, have more independence. So I decided, yeah, let me go ahead and look. So I went to the adoption agency, and they gave me some non-identifying information. So I literally saw at 18 years old, like, your mother's from a rural area, she had a brother and two sisters, these were all the ages, you know, little details about what they did, their vocations, and um, and just a short line kind of about my dad because my biological mother, um, she didn't sort of give me up right away. She was hesitant, sort of holding back, and, and you, know, you struggled, knew that struggled because of the that. document, or you knew that because of your family. I knew that, that because actually the social worker I met, um, 
told me that she okay. met her okay. it's like 18 years later she was still there at the adoption agency. Oh, wow. it's like, yeah. see this is why yeah. we originally talked about making a movie out of this right because yeah. this story is like a movie so yeah. we'll put that on the back burner any <laughs> investors who want to invest in this thing go ahead keep going. <laughs> um and actually my parents were always very open with me about the fact that i was adopted they were just great devoted loving parents mm-hmm. um you know i was a knucklehead kid and you know i was a boy running around uh, doing crazy typical boy stuff and, you know, I ended up having a liking for art. Mm-hmm. No, nobody in the family had any art background at all, but I just took to it. Uh, just sort of wanted, wanted. I was like, this is cool. You know, maybe I, maybe I like this from a young age. Um, and just so happened that my father, who raised me, had been at the time of my adoption um, working at a, an art school called uh, Fashion Institute of Technology. And uh, he just, he'd been working there for for years when I was adopted and continued to work there throughout my whole childhood. Doing what? He was actually um, director of media services. So library media services. Okay. So if there was any audio visual content that was needed or there was a fashion show going on, we had a videotape, the governor was coming into the amphitheater he organized all that stuff. He was like the he, IT guy at the time. Yeah, but it was like he had a substation where uh-huh. they'd have cameras and stuff. So he cool. was in his office, uh-huh. and he just sort of like directed all the media services of mm-hmm. the campus. Um, and um, so when I took to art and I took classes on Saturdays, actually, during high school, prior to college, I went for two years. And um, when I went for those Saturday classes... My teacher, for most of those times, I went for two years straight on Saturdays, um, was this guy called Jack Potter. And Jack, who, there's a drawing up on the wall I'll show you later, of just these different hands he drew all around the page. So Jack became my mentor, like, right away. At, uh, I was still probably 15, but just turned 16, somewhere in that, in that range. He's got a, like, perfect name for an artist, Jack Potter. He was, <laughs> he was awesome. I'll show you some of his old drawings. He used okay. to do Coca-Cola ads cool. um, back in the 50s. He's a wonderful artist. Anyway, he, we just connected, you know, and he was, like, really supportive of and He my, was at the school your dad worked at. He was at. teaching there uh-huh. on Saturdays, and he also taught at School of Visual Arts. Okay. Um, originally a California guy, did great in illustration, didn't want to do it anymore, just devoted himself to teaching, so... He was like my art father, you know. Mm-hmm. Like um, anyway, so okay, where would I go with the story now? We sort of fast forward. Like again, my parents, I always knew I was adopted. So you go to the school that your dad's the IT guy at, right? Like, well, yeah, more just, well media services, film, yeah. and yeah. you know, video and but stuff. But the school, the college that he worked at, you end up going to college. Too, I end up right? going to college yeah. at that school. So mm-hmm. I, we didn't even apply it to another mm-hmm. school. It was like. You want to be an illustrator? Uh-huh. That's where you uh, go. You're going to go to our school. Because yeah. there were other schools like Pratt, um, Parsons, and some others. Did you get a discount because your dad worked there? I did get a discount. Nice. That's even better. I got a discount, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> dad was like, this is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were some practical reasons, but it was yeah. also a good school. Yeah, um, great. So we were on 27th and 7th, and... Um, Throughout the years from college going forward um, into adulthood, it was like, yeah, I kind of want to know. Like, I kind of felt like my mother, through my parents communicating to me, like, she had trouble letting you go. You know, it wasn't easy. Like, you know, I was, I was sort of placed mm-hmm. at, 
I was placed at six months. That was my okay. timely placement. I actually have a picture of the day I was placed here with wow. my parents. And so your but, bio mother had you for six months. That's a she big had access to me for six months. Yeah, yeah. I think there was at least a three, four month period where she had not signed the papers to release me. You wow. Know? So I was in foster care at that sure. time. Okay. But um, so there was some kind of need that you had to maybe put some pieces together with your story in some way, like around yeah. I always who you were. felt like uh, I guess from whatever whispers of information I got that. Um, this was not any sort of, I don't want this kid, you know, just get him out of, you know, get him out of here, uh-huh. take him, you know. Turns out, you know, as I suspected, she was very thoughtful. You know, she carried me and, you know, wanted me to have a two-parent household mm. and um, just really was careful in, in placing me as best she could and did struggle with, with um, you know, having me go, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess fast forward, I, I look periodically through the years and uh, going to the New York Public Library where I found my name, you know. Actually, my dad always told me that uh, my name was, my name at birth was Colin. Okay. So, I was like, I always knew it was Colin uh-huh. and S was the last initial. So I was like, okay. I just sort of always knew that. That was your birth certificate? You had Colin S. on your birth yes. certificate? Okay. Yes. And then and your adopted parents changed it? Yes. Okay. So that was, you know, Lamont White, my yeah. dad's last name. And mm-hmm. he named me Lamont after an old uh, radio show personality, like mm-hmm. from the shadow. Mm-hmm. And you go by Monty as well, which I, I, go feel, by Monty like, as well. I feel like you got that Monty vibe. Okay, <laughs> it's funny. Like, people have people. Some people prefer Monty or yeah. Lamont. I, I like. Funny. I always I like called both. you Lamont, yeah. and then one time I think I saw your your Instagram is Monty Shots, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like Monty. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've had family and friends always call me Monty yeah. or or Lamont. So yeah, fine. Um, but names are important. I think that's really interesting because. You know, we look at uh, how we identify ourselves and yeah. how we're bestowed names. And those names often come with characteristics, right? Like literally, like when people are named in the Bible, their name each meant something. Could mean integrity, could mean deceiver, right. or could mean treasured one. So right. it's interesting as you go to look for your bio mom, parents, like that name is something really integral in that. Well, it is. It is. And... Um I guess a little bit further in the story, I'll let you know sort of the significance of of where Colin came in, not so much the meaning of the name, but how it was tied to um, my father's side of the family, um, biological father's side of the family. So, um, so again, sort of curious, you know, wondering over the years, always open to like, you know, the sort of natural, where did I come from? Yeah. Um, you know, what's my history? What made me through the years? Like, what is this thing? And some adoptees don't have that. And it's, you know, perfect. There's all different variables. But I was always like, yeah, I want to know. Like, uh-huh. what's going on here, uh-huh. you know? You know, there's there's no, it's not because I had a bad childhood or anything like that. I was never running away from anything or feeling like, oh, my gosh. Or even any kind of bitterness towards my, my biological mom. It was just like, man, I want to know what's going on here, you know? So at one point, um, I guess it was probably in my 30s. Um, again, I visited the adoption agency another time. I guess, can I get more information? And, you know, and then by that time, 
in the thirties, um, internet, mm-hmm. you know, by my twenties and thirties started coming up. So I'm doing a little more searching, like, you know, my year, New York city, what's going on. Then I went to the library, got the last name, which was Sanderson. So I was Colin Sanderson at my birth. Then I'm Googling Sanderson, you know, maybe mm-hmm. where's this woman of a certain age that could be my mother and just striking out. Um, then at one point I realized there was an, a, a registry in Albany, New York, that if it's an adoption registry. So if you put your name in there and your details um, and then your mom or biological parent, whoever this person may be, who's your significant biological other, right? Um, if they put their name in that hat person, you know, um, then you can make a connection. And that's what happened in 2007. So my, my name was in there for a few years. My, my biological mom is thinking, um, well, he can find me all these years. But back then, adoptions were closed. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. You know, records were sealed, so on and so forth. If you want to unseal them, that's the only way you can do it through the legal system in New York. And it has to be the adoptee has to put their name in and then they have to get like a notification to the biological parent to approve it? Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, it was basically we both put our name in saying we're both looking. So she was looking. Yeah. So oh, then she okay. ended up looking in 2007. I had already put my name in a number okay, of years wow. earlier. And again, I wasn't obsessing, yeah. but, you know, but um, I actually had just hired a private investigator and paid this guy to do a deeper search because I wasn't getting any hits. And, you know, you're just going with your life. You're raising your kids and the whole deal. Um, and then one day I was actually at an appointment. I was in Ohio. I remember I was in um, Akron Canton Airport in Ohio. And I was like, oh, shoot, you know what? I got a letter last week from Spence Chapin uh, ad- Adoption Agency in New York City. And it was like, you know, you contact us, whatever. I thought it was something like just for their records. I knew that they had taken over the records from Louise Wise, which is the agency I was adopted out of, and they're no longer in existence. Well, Spence Chapin took their records. And I kind of was like, hmm, what's this? Like, it can't be anything. Like, maybe they're just looking to update their records. So I kind of forgot about it. About 10 days went by. And I called what ended up being a social worker, um, whose number was on the on the sheet of paper, and and she said, uh, you know, thanks for calling. I said, your mother's looking for you, you know. And I was like, this is the first time, forty years old, you know what I mean? So you're like, what? And I remember just sitting in that little airport there, like, you got to be freaking kidding me! Like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? And um, so, of course, this is on a Thursday. And I said, like, would you like to connect? I said, yeah. You both have to consign, sign these consent forms, send them in. And I'm like, cool, send it on over. So we both got consent forms. We sent them in. Like, I FedEx mine in. I'm like, uh-huh. I want it there on Monday, you know. Uh-huh. And I was just like, I'm ready. And well, I was always kind of ready, but now I'm like, this is really happening. You're really so ready. Yeah. I remember that whole day. So we both got it in. Turns out she lived uh, a block away from Spence Chapin. So she kind of was local to the information. She could just drop it off, you know. Um, I'm living in Bergen County, New Jersey, uh, in Glen Rock, and I overnighted it. 
And by the time that Monday came around, um, we're like, okay, can we do this? What do you want to do? Do you want to email? You want to talk? You want to, what do you want to do? I said, I don't want to, I'd rather email. You know, they're like, fine. I guess they kind of sort of like deferred to me as the adoptee. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat my kids down. I sat Janine. Janine knew already, but I sat my kids down. I'm like, this is happening right now. So my kids are, let's see, what are they? 13 and 16, something like that at the time, 13 and 15. And they're like, wow, you know. So I'm like, so I'm going to do this. Let's see what what it's going to be. And uh, I drove into New York and met her that night. Drove over. I remember driving on GW Bridge. Mm. Like, let's do this. It's about to happen. So. You guys meet for dinner or coffee? We or met in her apartment. Okay. Like I was like, walked down the hallway, knocked on wow. her door, you know, opened up the door, and yeah. there she is. And what was that like? How did it go? Strange, mm-hmm. sacred, right? <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, I had no idea what she looked like. I knew, I knew, I knew nothing. Yeah. So we go in, we sit down, and uh, awkward for both of us, right? But... You remember after all these years, like I'm a full grown adult, yeah. you know, with a sort of a wealth of life experience yeah. and decisions made and, you know, values, et cetera. And same with her. And were you, you were following Jesus at this point in your life. You yeah. had been for quite some time. Yeah. So there's this dynamic of, yeah, how you, your point of view of the world, how you see the world. Right. And it affects your worldview. <laughs> sure. You know, and it affects your worldview. And um, you're sort of like, you know, you don't know where she is with that, but no matter, you love yeah. her and, you know, you're you're opening your arms. So how does it start? Do you start asking questions? Is she she's embracing? Like, so she's like, you want a glass of wine? <laughs> you know? It's just like, let's, I guess, which could symbolize, let's just take this in for sure, a moment, you know? Sure. So I like a little red wine and mm-hmm. said, yes. We sat down and we talked and it's like, you know, she had some more information about um, my, my biological dad's side of the family. They stayed in touch a bit. Um, after I was born, he knew about me. He named me Colin. Okay. Okay. Um, she remembers driving past when Woodstock was taking place. She remembers driving sort of like just south of it because all this traffic was going thing? on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I think 69 or whatever. Okay. And, uh, so they, even like a couple years after my birth, they were still in touch. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so we're sort of talking. She's like, you know, your dad passed. You know, I had no, I, I knew nothing. So he passed in '93. Um, you, um, you have a brother, and he's an artist. I was like, really? And because uh, you know, I went to FIT, blah blah blah. She's like, you went to FIT? She's like, I I took classes there too. <laughs> I was like, really? And she said, yeah, I studied with, um, took some classes with Jack Potter. I was like, what? <laughs> this is like the, within the first half hour of meeting. I was like, okay, Crazy. are you kidding me? Like, you don't understand. Jack Potter's like, that's my dude, you yeah. know? And so we got on talking. It turns out she married an illustrator. So Jim, who I'll show you a picture of here. Uh-huh. Jim actually, before marrying um, my biological Mom, like years before, he dated one of my teachers, this, this illustrator named Barbara Nessum, who really going way back, used to be uh, Gloria Steinem's roommate back, way back in the day. It's like all this crazy stuff's coming up in this conversation. We're like, it's a whole new world is starting to open up, you know? 
And she said, you know, your, your father passed, but you look like him and you move like him, she said. <laughs> and she said, you have a brother and he's an artist. In fact, I saw his work up in Massachusetts at some show because it turns out not only did she take some illustration classes and, and um, drawing classes and married this illustrator, but they started um, uh, this publication called American Arts Quarterly, which is a study of classicism in the arts. And it's like this deep scholarly wonderful uh, quarterly publication that they started together mm. and with, with, with Jim. And so I'm just blown away at this point. Like I see all this, this art and creativity going on. You're making all these connections on like your, your DNA, how you are wired. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just sort of like took to it and it's sort of, okay, so I'm dabbling in that whole space. And then we, we sort of talked over a few things and she said, your, um, your, We'll stay with maybe with her side of the family. Um, and she said she has a brother, my Uncle Albert, who um, he was married and his ex-wife and, and the kids now live in Palm Coast, Florida. I'm like, they live where? Like in Palm Coast, Florida. I was like, my parents live in Palm Coast, Florida. <laughs> wow. Which is like, you know, some people have heard of Palm Coast, Florida. Yeah, but not, I never have. Yeah. Not, not most people. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm like, they're in the same town Whoa. as where my parents basically retired to. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm about to go down there because there's a, there's a wedding and uh, I don't know what to do. You know, all this stuff's going through my head. So, uh, and she said, and, um, you know, now, your, she said to me, your father's brother, so your uncle played football at Syracuse. Um, during around 68 to 72, somewhere, somewhere right in there. And I said, oh, wow, that's cool. You know, like so my, my uncle played for Syracuse. Mm -hmm. And um, we went out for dinner. We had a little dinner down the street, kind of talked. And we were both nervous and the whole thing. I was like, listen, you know, this is the beginning. There's a lot going through. Your head's spinning. You don't really know what's, what is this, right? But I knew that, I'm going to try to stay in touch here. She wanted to know that I was just okay, that I was healthy, that I was okay, you know, and I was. Mm -hmm. So went back home, and the next day I, uh, I got online, and I said, let me look up McGill, which was the last name of my father's side, and Syracuse, and it came up. This guy, Bucky McGill, who played football at Syracuse, and he was actually part of this group of um, black football players at the time who boycotted the school because they, were, they weren't allowing any blacks in prominent positions uh, in coaching or on the field. So this group called the Syracuse Eight mm. boycotted wow. the team. Like, mm. Where's your uncle? So my uncle's one of the Syracuse Eight. And uh, you could look that up and see. Did you ever meet him? That. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy. Awesome. Awesome guy, you know. Now, did he, did he know you... Were part of the, no, he didn't. So I look him up. I see this video where he's speaking at Syracuse because Syracuse actually finally honored them mm. the year before in 2006. And he had them all come up, those who were surviving, and, and most of them were still, were still around. And I see my uncle Bucky, who's like, he comes up and he's, he's like, he's talking. I'm like, is that my uncle Bucky? Is that my uncle? Is Bucky's his, um, his nickname is Clarence, actually, but everybody calls him Bucky. And he's up there talking. 
And he's going through. It's like, you know, thank for you guys honored us. And we're back here, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and there's my mom's in the audience oh here with us. Gosh. I'm like, wait, my grandmother isn't. They didn't show her, but I was like, okay, so my grandmother's in the audience there. Wow. Potentially, you know. Yeah. I'm still like kind of in the 90-something percentile that this is all happening or whatever, yeah. you know. And um, that I get that information. And then I sort of dig a little bit more. And I see he's in Virginia, blah, blah, blah. Clarence, you know, Bucky McGill, Virginia, I got his number and I called him just out of nowhere. And I was like, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> my you uncle. know, whatever. Yeah. And, hmm. and my uncle Bucky, he's so funny. Cause I was like, I pretty, I'm pretty sure. I think, I think, um, I am Charles McGill's son. And he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're not shocked? He's like, no, no. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay, I don't know, whatever. And he's like, well, if you're his son, you'll look like him and you have a brother and a sister. I was like, okay. I knew about the brother. Now I know I have a sister. Okay, fine. Now going back, when your biological mom said you had a brother, mm-hmm. that was not by her. Nope. She did not birth. It was she knew her yeah, like her. What would I call? So the guy that fathered her, her son, being you, had another child. So she correct. Well, here's the deal. Um, there were two kids my father had prior to me. Mm-hmm. Right. So one's two years older, one's four years older, somewhere, somewhere in there. And so, a little background story. He was a drummer. You know, he was kind of an artsy, creative type as well. Surprise, and surprise, he, right? shocker, <laughs> and. He was a drummer in a band, and it was a Christmas party, you know, and they had mutual friends, and there was a Christmas party at some bar or restaurant or whatever, and... Bells were ringing, and halls so were being and so decked. forth, and <laughs> let's just say I was born in September of the following Deck year. the halls with boughs of... <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and no one on that side of the family, no one knew. The only person who knew from both sides of the family friends or family of both sides of the family was Jim. So her, her, her husband to be. So your bio mom was engaged to Jim at the time? Uh, no? Not at the time. No, no, no. no. She was a college student. Gotcha. Okay. She was a young college student. She's going to go to uh, SUNY Binghamton. Mm-hmm. Um, so this all took place in Binghamton, New York. And your bio dad already had two kids. Was he married? He was before, married. He, he was married. Um, um, he was married. Yeah. married. Married at the time. He was married, but not for much longer after... You gotcha. Know, I was okay. not, not for much longer. Sure. No one knew about me, not anything like that. But he was more just sort of a Rolling Stone sure. kind of guy. Um, a lot of mixed bag feelings about, uh, you know, sort of the kind of guy he was mm-hmm. and everything. And unfortunately, I didn't get to meet you him. You didn't get but, to meet him. But you're piecing all these things together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Through a lot of testimony from, yeah. from so many different people. Yeah. So did you connect with your sister and brother pretty quickly? Yeah. So... Because of that conversation with my uncle, I wrote an email to who I thought was my brother. Yeah. And I found his website because he was an artist. And uh, I see a picture of him with one of his <laughs> performance pieces where he's golfing through Harlem. It's uh-huh. Charles McGill. And uh, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at a picture of them right now, and you can totally see the resemblance. Big yeah. Time. Yeah. So I was like, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think this is probably a thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, contact him. I sent him an email, and I, and I was really hesitant because I didn't like to approach it. Like, 
dude, I'm your brother. Like, let's yeah, meet. Hey, let's hang out, bro. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I think this and I think that and maybe this and maybe that. Sure. And Charles being very direct and no nonsense kind of guy, he was like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, what's going on here? And he was like, who's this guy? Yeah. So I got a little more detailed and direct and a couple days go by. So, so I met my biological mom on a Monday. Spoke to my uncle on um, uh, a Tuesday. I'm emailing back and forth to Charles on that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And he's like, well, at least send me a picture of you. Like, what's going on here, you know? Kind of like prove it. Let me yeah, see. You got the features. It. And I said, you know, my <laughs> listen, I was born. My name was Colin. Yeah. And I was like, here's a picture of me. I sent a picture. It was like, you know. Well, this kind of looks like you. What do you think? Whatever. I just, yeah. you know, I, I didn't, I, just, I didn't say anything. I just sent this picture, and uh, he calls me on a Friday morning. So this happens over Monday to a Friday. He calls me on a Friday morning, and he's like, "I've been trying to absorb this," and he's like, "That picture you sent, um, it just flipped me out." He's mm-hmm. like, "This is, this is insane." He's like, I'm coming from a meeting right now. He's like, I'm just driving, so I just wanted to call you and talk to you. You know, we're not making any plans or anything. So he's driving along, and I'm at my house, and because I work from home, I just was in my loungewear, let's say, you know, Mm -hmm. just hanging out. And I'm like, yeah, this is my story. It's best I know it, and I'm just reaching out, and here I am. He had no idea, like I said, and um, he says, not only do you look like a McGill, he said, but when you told me your name was Colin, he said, that was the name my mother wanted to name me. Oh, wow. Interesting. And I said, um, wow. I, I was, part of me was like, wow. But part of me was like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was on my birth certificate. Yeah, yeah. The whole deal didn't last. So it there makes was, you feel any better. I don't have it anyway. So. <laughs> it, was, it was like kind of almost both of our names. Interesting. Huh. And um, so we're, he's driving along. It's like, how far are you from... From Hackensack, I'm like, you know, 20 minutes, whatever. He's like, how far are you from Garden State Plaza? It's like, oh, I'm just 10 minutes from Garden State Plaza. close by. He's like, well, I just passed it. So he was driving towards me. Wow. And I was like, uh, okay, listen, I got to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I'm totally chill right now. So let me just take a shower, and I'll give you a call when I'm ready. So he pulls into Glen Rock, parks on the side of the road. And uh, I got a shower. I contact him. So, like, come on over. And um, he shows up, and you know, I, I got dressed. I put on sneakers, jeans, and I had a periwinkle white, uh, periwinkle blue and white checked shirt just sticking out. He shows up with sneakers, jeans, and a periwinkle blue and white striped shirt. Whoa, <laughs> we're dressed like exactly the same. That's crazy. And uh, Janine's looking at us. <laughs> my wife freaking and out. he's four like, years older than you he's two years older. He's two years yeah, older yeah two. wow so you guys just, yeah, just over yeah. two years older so he kind of shows up and he's he's into it you know he's into mm. it you know he's happy mm. and i'm happy mm-hmm. also stunned yeah. and there's a picture of me somewhere with him like the day we met like wearing this clothes like 
stunned. Like, what's happening? You gotta here? dig that. There's up a so lot that. of information. Sure, you know, and all in the week from meeting your mom on Monday to yeah. your brother on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. So dude. then, information starting to spread within these two families. Like, this guy just showed up. You yeah. know, yeah. It's like, what does he want? You know, yeah. who is he? Is it real? What is it? What does he want? It's like, you know. So there's a lot of mistrusts, or is this sure. is this false information? What's going on? And your on bio here? dad had died at that time. Yeah, he passed in ninety. But what about what about his mom? What about um, that McGill? Uh, Charles and Carmen, my sister Carmen, Charles. Their mom is 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 was there then? Okay. Is here now? And great lady. Was yeah. there things that surfaced there that made it difficult? You like, know, it's funny when he came in and sort of like we all sat down around the table. When he came over, and we're just talking through all this stuff. He calls his mom. Yeah. And he called his, his other brother. He's got additional brother. And he called his, his Carmen, our sister. And it can get a little complicated, so I try to keep this as simple as possible. Yeah. But he called his mom. There was support all yeah. the way there. Calls my sister Carmen, and she's just sweet as pie. She's t- they're totally open hearts to what is happening here, as is he. You know, very, like, we're here for you. We're family. I was wow. like, wow, you wow. know. Um, says, like, no need for a DNA test. Like, we get it. This we is happening, it. you yeah. know. And uh, so that was sort of the first initial approach. The other side of the coin was is that, you know, Charles, my brother, was, was not happy that he never knew. Mm. Like, he kind of felt like you know, my father knew mm. that you existed, but never told anybody. Yeah. And, uh, even on his deathbed, there's there's an audio recording that Charles ended up getting from me in his last days where he talks about different people in the family. There's a whole audio recording where he's speaking about his brother, about his sister, about his mom, all these different things. Mentions nothing about the fact that he has another child out there. Charles is not happy, but he's also loves his dad. Sure. He's got a relationship with his dad, having experienced him. There's yeah. some disappointment, but there's so much love, and it's all yeah. this mix of things going on. You're trying to make sense of that while he's not here. He's I mean, not that's here. just yeah. painful because you have to reckon, which we've talked about on this podcast before, reconciling with someone who has died mm-hmm. is a unique journey. It's a, it's a possible journey. Mm-hmm. But when information surfaces or the person has hurt you and you have to... Um, recognize you can't have a conversation with them to share that pain. Like that's, right. that takes a mature person to have to walk through that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that Charles definitely journeyed with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've gotten together on our biological father's birthday. We're having to be in New York and we go out to eat wow. and just talk about him. Now I didn't have much to talk about, but he gave me stories and anecdotes and explained yeah. who he was as a father you know, the sort of ups and downs. So not only maybe he wasn't the most present father, but he had a personality sure. and, he, and, he, and he liked to laugh and he was intelligent and he was a writer and all these sort of different things that we can, you know, in other words, let's take the good here. Yeah. And, and so in some way you're that. taking all that, you're getting to absorb that and it's yeah. piecing together a little bit about who you are. Like, exactly. oh, that makes sense. And, exactly. And uh, you gained a brother in your 40s, which is so interesting. Exactly. So there's a few video. There's a not video tapes, but audio tapes of him speaking. So your sound, dad is the sound your, of his voice. Dad. Yeah, our yeah. biological father. Yeah, the sound of his voice, his inflections, how we thought. You know, the pace of his, you know, uh, conversations. All these different things that. So when I show up, 
you know, they see me and they're like, wow, you know, you look like him. And I, we, Charles and I, after meeting at the house, we went out for lunch. So we go to lunch in Ridgewood, New Jersey, which is the next town over. And he's sitting there, he looks across from me. He's like, my mind is blown right now. You look like my father, but you really look like our grandfather, like exactly like our grandfather. Wow. And he says, you look more like my, our sister (laughs) than I do, you know? And I was like, and he says, and you're moving and talking like them. Like, I'm freaking out right now. I was like, wow, okay, this is, you know, amazing. And he's just a really sweet guy, super smart guy, a lot of energy, and very much like, you're my brother, you know? So what could I do, you know? I was like, okay, cool, you know? So this sounds like, I mean, for the most part, it was super positive for you. Like, you were having a really, like, mind-blowing awakening time in like understanding more about your life i mean how's god playing a part in this whole thing and yeah are you kind of this is like this is like an exciting journey of discovery is this full of anxiety i mean how does it impact your kids and your wife because then all of a sudden their families expanded well yeah this whole story that they're not really well it's not only finding information because there's one point i think i sent an email out and uh to a couple of people on my father's side of the family. And I was like, I need a minute because I've just had little drops of information. And this is literally a tidal wave of information uh, I'm trying to put together. Yeah. I'm happy, but I, yeah. I have just got hit by something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, Charles goes on to just sort of explain his, his, his life to me and all that he's been through, so on and so forth. And, um, he says, you know, I took some classes in the city, but I was like, um, I went, he went to various art schools before getting his, um, his MFA. And uh, between 84 and 86, he went to School of Visual Arts. During the same time, I was taking classes with Jack Potter at School of Visual Arts as well as FIT. And I was like, Blue, we were like going to the same school at the same time. It's you know? crazy. And I was like, we passed each other in the hallway Wait, you were staying on 34th between 7th and 8th. I was on 27th and 7th. Like, we're passing each other for two years. Like, we're, you know, this so is You guys happening. go to school for two years together, don't even realize it. And then how right. long till you guys meet then? How many years passed? Uh, 21. Wow. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That 21. is wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, 20, 21, 22 years. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so he goes back home. He's telling his, his girlfriend who they've been together for years. He's like, Heidi, like he's definitely my brother, so on and so forth. A couple days go by and Heidi says, Charles, I think I've met your brother. Um, And Charles is like, what? She goes to her Rolodex, (laughs) takes out one of my business cards and says, here, I've met him. And she turns out she was an artist to one of the, uh, she was a staff artist to one of the companies we sell designs to in New York City, in Soho. Wow. And because we had to send artwork to her, she received this. She had my card. I'd met her before at their at their offices. And I was like, I guess I met this a couple years previous. Wow. Versus, I guess I met your girlfriend. Wow. So I already knew his girlfriend. Wow. And I'm like, okay. so all of these things yeah. happening, not just meeting the family, but seeing all these overlaps and parallels and six degrees mm-hmm. of separation, all these things going on. I'm like, 
what is happening right now? When I listen to it, though, it's so interesting because I almost feel as if, like, if I, if I were watching a movie and the audience knew, like, this was part of your story, we were we would seeing, you know, seeing Heidi meet you in the artist office, seeing you pass by each other in the school, would be like, you guys, just look around, you're right there. But it wasn't until you were intentionally looking and right. putting all these feelers out there that right. they all come together. Because if you didn't, right. nothing would have happened. Right, right. And also during that time that I was at FIT on 27th and 7th, my, my biological mother and Jim, her husband at the time, was living on 13th and 7th. So we're 14 blocks away. I'm up and down 7th Avenue constantly. You know, So we were blocks from one another during mm-hmm. my whole four years at school. So yeah, everything yeah. was very close. Yeah. And... But taking in this information, not just, hey, you're my family, great, but we've been overlapping, Mm -hmm. you know, not just physically around one another, but experientially, you know, artistically, creatively, there's something going on here. And I just, I need to have a seat. You know what I mean? This is amazing. (laughs) But like, wow. It's like, you can't make that stuff up. This is the real life that you have experienced. And it really, truly is a story that's like miraculous. It, it, I can't. I can't make it yeah. up. I can't yep. explain it. Um, and uh, I'm super grateful. And not yeah. only that, but I'm so fortunate for how they have received me. Mm-hmm. Um, my cool. biological mother, or natural mother side of the family, um, biological dad, natural dad side of the family, and then my parents who raised me. So I'm having to go to them and tell them like. This just happened, and they've been wonderful about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And are there things, little bumps in the road to get through? Absolutely. Um, you know, considering various people's feelings and connections and yeah. stuff like that. But uh, I remember going for a physical not long after um, this reunion, this biological reunion, and the doctor prior to my reunion, I didn't have any biological information. I didn't know. He's like, what's your family history, medical, so on. I'm like, my doctor, I don't, I don't know. So I went back to him, knowing some information, getting a little bit of information. I was like, well, I found some biological family. When I said I was adopted, he sat down. He stopped to complete physical at the time, and he, he sat and spoke to me for about a half an hour. And just wondered, like, how are you doing? Hmm. You know, like, like emotionally. Yeah. Where are you yeah. at? Yeah. I guess he had seen this before. I guess sure. he's more than just taking care of your physical yeah. health, but you cool know, doc. what's your psychological thing that's going on? Yeah. And uh, he was a great doc. In fact, he was he's a doc he was a doctor for at the time the New Jersey Nets. So he was he was a good he was at Hackensack Medical Center and he's he's probably still there, Dr. Farber. Yeah. Anyway, he sat me down and said, um, like, how are you doing? He says and I was like, I, I'm good. I was like, I'm taking this all in. And he said, do me a favor. He says, like, do yourself a favor. You've got a lot of different parts going on here. And he said, um, if somebody on this side of the family wants to meet somebody on that side of the family or that side of the family, whatever is going on, it's like, stay out of it. He's like, you've got enough on your plate. Mm-hmm. Don't triangulate. Don't mm-hmm. get involved. Stay out of it. Take care of you. Like do something. Yeah, like just sort of, sort of like Self-care. stay out of it. You know, yeah. t- take care of yourself because you're yeah. taking a lot of information here. Yeah. This, this is a lot. I'll tell you what. After Good advice. after living a lot of years and also doing a lot of these conversations as well, I think that's definitely something I've taken away 
sort of the sacred and strangeness of our life. Like family is important. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And it's also one of like the biggest sources of pain in our life and joy and navigating through that, whether it's your immediate family with your kids and parenting or learning how to be your own independent person from your mom or dad or stepmom or dad or biological right. or whatever. Uh, I just want to applaud you because that takes a... That takes intentionality. That takes a maturity. And, uh, you know, I've talked about this on this podcast before. It also takes a lot of help from others, counseling, talking, reflection. Like we, you know, we can't help but be impacted and influenced by the people in our lives. Like, you know, there's that phrase that you're, like who you are today is most influenced by the five closest people in your life. Mm. Like who you hang out Mm -hmm. with, who you're Mm -hmm. married to, who you spend time with and work with. And if we don't sometimes choose um, specifically to monitor that, like we could be letting toxic people into our life. For sure, for sure. But the great thing is you're going like, I can be intentional with these positive relationships and putting them into my life and recognizing they are good and they are healthy. And And then wondering, you know, at the time, you know, what kind of relationship am I going to have with my natural mom? What kind yeah. of relationship could I have with my brother? What kind of relationship yeah. am I going to have with my cousin? Or my, what, yeah. are, what do these mean? Yeah. They're, they're relatives, but will I have a relationship? Yep. Um, oh, all that's the way a good, through. That's good. Good distinction. We don't yeah. always have a relationship with all of our relatives. Correct. It's not Correct. always mandatory. <laughs> no, it's no, no, it's not. And, yeah. it's, and it's a sad reality yeah. that um, uh, it doesn't always work out where it's healthy for you right. to have a relationship with yeah. Said family member. Now, the thread through all of it, I mean, when you talk about support, Janine was my... Yeah, your wife's awesome. <laughs> support through all of this, like, mm-hmm. totally like, okay, you okay? Be careful. Yeah. Okay, yes, we're going to do this. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Like, But, like, ready for my openness Yeah, all the way through and supportive. So if I wanted to go through a door here and meet this person, she's like, cool, how'd yeah. it go? Like, let's do this. Um, we opened up our, our lives to sort of all this family, you know, so brothers and, you know, brother, sister, biological mother, what's going, you know, and then we had like, uh, and then I had like a bunch of cousins on both sides. It's like <laughs> all this stuff going on. It's like, yeah, I'm your really kind of for the most part, the oldest cousin. And, um, I develop relationships with these people on different levels in different ways. And I've, they're great people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're great people. You know, I, I, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's influenced so, you in significant ways. And, and I feel, I feel too, as a creative person, like I'm looking at your house right now and like all of the art that's on yeah, your walls, yeah, like yeah. you express yourself, you are an artist yourself. Yeah, you yeah. have a biracial background. And so race, I know we were talking earlier yeah. or yesterday. Yeah, is an important part of your journey uh-huh. is who you are, yeah. you know, as a a, pers- a racial racial person, let alone as a human person, let alone as a, a a son and a brother. I mean, you've got all these factors. Yeah, so it's cool, man. Um, I, I love it. Yeah. I think this so. this Charles drawing right here. So right behind yeah. uh, Lamont is this picture. This really cool. Is it a, uh, it's is a figurative charcoal or what is it? That's a yeah. That's a pastel. Okay, cool. Yeah, like a. Yeah, I mean, this, I'll, I'll take some pictures of these walls and post them on the Facebook page so you could see that Lamont and Janine <laughs> have a very colorful, artistic space. And I think that's just because that's who you are, man. So Yeah, yeah. and I married a girl awesome. who was a fashion designer yeah. and came out of a real creative upbringing. Um, we have still actually some of her, 
her parents paint. Her parents passed, and um, we have a couple of the paintings from her home. She grew up around art. And, Love it. You know, dance and symphony and all that stuff. So we're... It shows. We're artsy. So where can people find you? I've talked about com before. Yeah. Is that, that's still a thing. Is there any other it places? It is. It's a bit... Coombray um, is really kind of on pause right now because uh-huh. we're developing a new product. Uh-huh. But we'll be back. We're talking to some factories right now for a new product we're going to be launching. Um and that will be com. Not even sure if it's it's going to come up right now, but it's K-U-M-B-R-E, gear.com. So that'll happen. Just be patient with us on that. We're, we're uh, being creatives. We can tend to bounce around. Like, okay, let's do this. Oh, wait, I love that. Let's do this. Okay. And it's like, but meanwhile, we, we like we said, we, like I was mentioning earlier, and that's how I met Heidi, my brother's girlfriend at the time. We sell designs and artwork to to textile and gift and you know we have customers everywhere and that's why i can sort of live anywhere and and you're about to go to europe right on on thursday where are you going uh, well first new york and then uh london and paris yeah, so maybe. Uh, new york's a trade show and then london he's paris he's, he's, and, tre- he's forecasting trends yeah how cool yeah. a job is that and yeah. people can follow you on Instagram, which well, we, so Instagram, right? Monty Shots, just more like my personal Instagram is Monty Shots. If you photography stuff, yeah, I just love that stuff. You know, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And yeah. if anybody's interested, like if they do have a similar story, or maybe they are journeying to find a biological, mm-hmm. are you open to people reaching out to you for ideas or sure. thoughts or support? Okay. Sure, you know, and like, there's no wrong, yeah. Approach. I've met people on on flights, and particularly when this was new to me, mm-hmm. and I just met my biological family. I was like, not to this degree, but it was almost like, "Hey, how you doing?" My name's Lamont. I just met my <laughs> biological family. And I was like, it out you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like it was just bubbling up in yeah. me. But it would come up more often, and I learned. I remember mm-hmm. meeting this one guy on a flight who. He was doing really well. He was he had been on he's like interviewed on CNBC and he's like this investment guy. And and he's and we started talking, he was adopted as well. And he said, I would never look. Mm. He says, like I would never want to die. He says it would hurt my mom too much. He uh, said. Yeah. And there's different comfort levels for different things. There's yeah. so many different factors that go into yeah. To these different things, but yeah, because of I think the variety, diversity, um, you know, complication of my upbringing in life, I'm we're sort of you know intrinsically like I like all kinds of music, all kinds of food, all kinds of where can I travel to? Like what's what's going on? You know, I'll try it, and. Um, because in a sense that I've had to deal with these multiplicity of factors, like, mm. you know, your dad's black, your mom's yeah. white, you're adopted, there's all these different things, like, okay, who, and there's all these things to figure out. Yeah. And, and so because of that, I, I, I need more to sort of keep my mind like, okay, what's, what's going on? I think because this is how I was, that was my environment. Yeah. You know, I've had to think on these things and they've been serious for me. And then what does it mean to have a black father and, you know, have people tell you, well, you're not really black, mm-hmm. you know, or, well, well, am I white then? Like, mm-hmm. it's, I'm proud of everything that I am um, for sure. But, 
you know, what, what are these means? What is, what is black? What is white? You know, what is both? Yeah. What are these things? Are you partial this partial that? And and actually Charles used to say, you know, this whole race construct is BS. He was like, it's the human race. We have uh, different ethnicities, you know, different nationalities, all these different things. And, you know, how do you choose your identity? Because it really is individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's totally individual. It's environmental. Mm-hmm. You can choose your environment to choose your eth- your mm-hmm. your identity. You can choose your ethnicity. You can choose your nationality. You can choose so many variables uh, to pull from to choose how you see yourself. Um, and it's probably another conversation. <laughs> but um, yeah. I-, I love different things. Like even my wife and I. We okay. This is a little embarrassing to admit. We're traveling maybe like 15 years ago. And we're down in Playa del Carmen. And, of course, we get roped into this um, timeshare presentation. So beautiful place. Knucklehead us. We buy the timeshare. Done. It's ours. And after, like, a couple years, we're like, I don't want to go back to the same place. Uh Like, this is not us. We want to see something new. We want to see something different. So that's that's pretty that's one of the descriptions you'd give us as a couple and me cool. as a person like I need something new yeah I gotta I gotta do something new. what's different what's I haven't tried that food let's go right so yeah right on man and then meeting you bro I was like I'm super happy it's like I kind of want to interview you because you're doing <laughs> such amazing amazing work that I really admire right on thank you and trying uh, I appreciate I appreciate our friendship yeah and, for sure and don't stay anywhere else when you come to Park City please All can right? we get that in writing you heard it here in Holy yeah. Cannoli we'll, we'll make we'll make that happen I talked to my lawyers okay and the other thing we want to make happen is uh so you know Lamont's story we got to we're going to make it a film someday. I just got to make my other films first so I get some credibility. Make your other films, make your other and, films bro. Yeah, and what? then we'll get to this story. I just need some people to come make the film. So if there's anyone out there listening, we got some films yeah. on the docket. Let's make them. And I just want to mention that just a little side bit trivia. I don't know if it's cool to mention, but this yeah. currently running film on cnn right now is three identical strangers yeah check it out and have you seen it i've not seen it yet no my wife saw it but it's from the same adoption agency as you guys it's from the same adoption agency yeah i know i got a few years before me but um that's which is part of the reason i think they they had a little couple shady practices Uh and that's why they're no longer in existence but yeah same adoption agency both my sister and i were were adopted wild but uh it's all good, man. Thanks for sharing your story, man. Thanks for listening. It's Jeez. sacred and strange. I love it. Lamont White, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, dude. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening to Holy Cannoli. If you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe, give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it. Holy Cannoli Podcast is a proud production of Brave Maker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your tax-deductible donation today.